0: What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about killing stress before the stress kills you. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I have been diving deep into a lot of the work by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and although I've read his book, Becoming Supernatural, I decided to revisit it, and this time I'm listening to it on Audible. And I found that the best way for me to be able to retain information is to make sure that I'm always revisiting the information that I think is important as frequently as I can and in different forms. So that's kind of a little bit of my thought process when it comes to diving deep into this, and this is very, very important information here, and I know that a lot of people have their different theories On a lot of the work that Dr. Joe Dispenza does. So I would encourage you to look him up on your own, make your own judgment. However, somebody as myself who does a lot of study in neuroscience and psychoneuroimmunology, he just so happens to be somebody that I admire and study his work and something that I continue to enjoy. So I wanted to talk a little bit about stress and actually how the stress process works because a lot of us know what stress is. We experience stress in our lives, and yet we probably don't all have an understanding of exactly what's taking place on a biological level deep within us when we are experiencing stress. And this is important to understand because it'll help us to navigate ways that we can help to alleviate some of that stress and ultimately to live more fulfilled lives, live longer lives, and to not let the stress kill us. And I wanted to talk about the the sympathetic nervous system. And I'm going to explain as best as I can how the process plays out when we have a stressful event taking place in our lives. And when I say stressful event, sometimes what comes to mind might be something traumatic or something that is violent. And when I say stressful event, I want you to picture in your mind any type of stressor. So this could be something such as your spouse coming home and nagging you and that creates an upset. This could be something that a car decides to, <laughs> decides to cut you off and you get upset when you're driving on the road. Maybe your boss is an asshole. Whatever the situation is, it doesn't necessarily have to be a stressor that is something traumatic. So stress is something that our bodies will react to in the same way. And it doesn't necessarily matter the extent of the stressor that we're experiencing. And our sympathetic nervous system is something that turns on automatically whenever a stressor enters our life. And what happens in this process and something that happens automatic is a very high level of energy is produced automatically. So I'm going to use an example of a car that cuts us off and then the driver starts to become really aggressive and you you start to maybe handle the situation however you're going to handle that situation. And so after that high level of energy is produced, then we have resources within our bodies that automatically come into action. And some of those are our pupils will start to dilate instantly. Our heart and our respiratory rate will start to increase. And that's because we're trying to understand on a biological level am i going to run fight or hide and we also have within the sympathetic nervous system an increase in glucose levels and blood starts to shoot to all of our external extremities so that we can react quickly if we need to and our immune system starts to dial up and down so that we have the option to either escape or to to fight if we need to and then we have our instinct that kicks in and One thing that Dr. Joe Dispenza makes mention of inside of his book is this story about this woman, and this is a true story, and her name is Anna, and Anna is having the perfect day with her kids at home. She's reading. She's just enjoying life, and it starts to dawn on her that she hasn't heard from her husband, and the kids tell her that daddy gave us this giant hug and kiss before he left. And she's trying to get a hold of him, and she just can't. He's not responding. And the nighttime comes, and she gets a knock on her door, and it's two police officers who tell her that her husband jumped off at the tallest bridge in her city, and he committed suicide. And so instantly, she is shocked in in all, you know, in, in every right. She's completely shocked, and she she's going through the motions and the grief, and that's this immediate stressor, right? Imagine something like that happening to us. And we can just we can just have this understanding of what that kind of stress might feel like. And maybe for you, you've experienced something similar to this. What comes up for me is um, when my mom was diagnosed with cancer and I knew that it was going to be something that she wouldn't be able to survive, although she she fought as hard as she could. So maybe for you, you have your own story of a stressor like that, especially as it relates to death, because that is certainly one of the most um I would say the biggest stressors that we have in our lives is when we lose somebody. And so she's going through the motions, and typically, what happens when we have a stressful situation take place we can use the situation with the car again within about an hour or two our our body will return to homeostasis so you'll go back to feeling exactly the same way that you felt before that stressor took place and everything about our bodies will also biologically start to go back to normal that being the 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 regulation in our heart rate and respiratory rate our pupils will go back to normal all of those things and in a situation like what happened with this woman anna is She kept reliving the story about what happened to her husband. And of course she did, right? When something like this happens and we begin to relive that story over and over and over again in our minds, we share it with other people, there's no organism on earth that can endure living in a high state of stress for a long period of time. So imagine every time she opened up her thought process, every time that she shared her grief with somebody... Whether she realized it or not, the sympathetic nervous system began to turn on again because her mind allowed her biology to go back to that place of those police officers knocking on the door. She starts to go through the, the motions of the stories. Imagine a story that we might tell ourselves surrounding a, a situation like that. Maybe some shame, maybe some guilt, confusion, some some hurt, all of the things. So she kept revisiting this over and over and over again. And the the amazing and brilliant thing about humans And this can be something that's to our demise as it relates to stress, is that we have the ability to remember past events. And this is something that Dr. Joe Dispenza makes mention of in his book, Becoming Supernatural. We have the ability to think about our problems and we can forecast future problems. And the thing is, is when we do this in our mind, our bodies biologically do not know the difference between the initial event that created the stress in the first place and the memory of that event. How important is that to understand? We have something that happens in real life, in actuality. It took place. It was stressful. And then we continue to carry that stress with us. And maybe this was you revisiting an argument that you had with your spouse. Maybe it's going back to that situation with leadership. Whatever the thing was, being pissed off when you get back in your car again, remembering that asshole that cut you off. And our bodies don't understand the difference between when that event took place and what's happening in our minds when we're revisiting the memory and when we have the future projection of things. Maybe for Anna, it would be something like a fear of of getting into another relationship later on in life because of something like that, this potentially happening and then losing losing her loved one again. And when we continue to replay these things over and over in our minds, What's happening is that sympathetic nervous system, it remains on and maybe it's only off for a short period of time when it should be off for an extended period of time. And I want you to think for a moment about all of the times when we not only have that that initial stressor, but all the other stressors that we have going on in our lives. And one that comes to mind that I know we all contend with is when we go onto social media and we see something that we don't like. We don't realize it, but something happens to us biologically. I can guarantee you that it does to some extent. Anytime that we see somebody post something or we read a meme or whatever the thing is that we are in disagreement with and you understand that you have a disagreement because something in your body is turning on and telling you that you don't agree with that. And that's inadvertently creating these stressors in our lives. So what do we do? How do we manage this sympathetic nervous system? Um, I think that it's important for us to realize how the sympathetic nervous system even operates. That way, when we're in the moment of a stressor, we can start to identify, we can understand when these things are happening. We don't have control over them happening to us, right? We can't tell our heart rate to increase. We can't tell our pupils to start to dilate. However, we can understand in the moment if we know this information when it's happening. We know when our heart rate speeds up. We know when our breathing starts to increase. Maybe you feel the palms of your hands start to get sweaty. And I think that by identifying that, you can start to create these patterns in your mind of when that starts to take place. And I think that's very, very important because I know for me, and maybe this is the same for you, there are probably people in your life that turn on your sympathetic nervous system without your control. And essentially, they're taking control over your biology. So why on earth would we ever give that away to somebody else? And typically... These types of reactions will happen because of something that is external to us. It is in our external environment. However, we have the ability, as I said, to be able to control that on an internal level because I told you when you're creating this memory, when you're thinking about a future event or a past event, our bodies do not know the difference between the two. So our bodies are going to react in kind depending on what's going on up here. And I'm pointing to my head And that's that's very vital information. One thing that's helped me a great deal is to be able to sit down and really have time for myself when I do my meditations. And meditation is something I've practiced for many years now, and I'm starting to up-level, right? My meditations would typically last 15 to 30 minutes, and I'm starting a new process where it's anywhere from 80 to 90 minutes every single day. That takes commitment, that takes discipline, and I'm not suggesting that that's something that you have to do in order to help to create a better place of homeostasis within yourself. However, I would encourage you to try to seek out modalities that allow you to calm your mind. And if meditation is not something that interests you, I would encourage you to not force it. I've worked with clients before who try to force it and then they get frustrated and it's not an enjoyable experience. And that in and of itself, having that frustration could increase the levels of your sympathetic nervous system in a way that we don't want. So think about something that you do in your life. It could be a hobby. One thing that comes up for me is when I'm out deep sea fishing and I'm on the ocean and I'm not with my ego, right? My my thoughts are not necessarily in existence. It's like having the shower moments, right? Or having those moments when you're driving in the car and then you find that you're you're much further along in your destination than you realized. And then you ask yourself how you got so far or did you stop at those stop signs? So that's our subconscious mind. That is our mind allowing us to be free from our thoughts and to actually be in existence as we are, as we were truly intended to be. So maybe other things could be something like yoga, Maybe for you, it is taking a long bath or going out for a walk, finding something that you do in your life that allows you to have that that serene and calm experience. And only you know what does that for you better than anybody else. And it's important for us to not think that we need to, to buy into the rhetoric of what everybody says we need to do in order to calm our minds. I think that's very important because I made mention of meditation because that's what works for me. And I know that society says that like that's the number one way to calm your mind. However, I think that there are other methods, other ways for us to be able to do this that are more beneficial and more useful for us and something that's more long term and consistent, something that we will regularly do. And I encourage you to think today what that thing is for yourself and to have a daily practice. A daily practice, maybe for you it's drawing and you decide to sit down at a table and for 30 minutes you're going to time yourself every single day and you're going to draw and you're going to allow yourself to just be free from your thoughts of every day and to calm your biology in a way that is truly a gift to you because it's impossible for us to truly live our day to day without the threat, at least, of some stressors coming into our lives. However, we owe it to ourselves to be able to alleviate that and to wash ourselves clean of that as best as possible. And the way for us to do that is to find the ways that calm our mind, that allow us to live in our truest potential, free from stress, and ultimately to live more healthy and longer lives. So thank you so much for spending this morning with me. Morning if you're listening to it in the morning. If not, wherever you are in this world, whatever time it is, know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours. And if you've gotten any value out of this episode, please do me a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below, and I will see you on the next one.